Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and look, I don't know what I thought business was all about when I started to think about quitting my job, or what what entrepreneurship was all about when we eventually, both Nick and, and I, quit our jobs, but over the last 10 years, we reflect back and have learned a lot about what quitting your job and getting into business is all about, and on this episode of the podcast, we break down things that we wish we knew or better understood when we began, so if you're thinking about quitting your job at any point, this podcast is for you, because this is the stuff we wish someone had told us before we began and obviously there's so much to talk about in this topic we didn't even cover the financial aspect or the financing aspect of just getting into business and how to manage your cash flow and that kind of thing um, so there's a lot more to share on this if there's continued interest in this particular topic we'll definitely share it. we think becoming an entrepreneur or understanding entrepreneurship understanding business building and marketing and how to attract new customers is a big part of living life on your terms because it gives you the ultimate confidence it gives you the ability to kind of go out on your own and attract new revenue streams into your life should you need to, even if you're in a career that you're loving right now. So even if you're not thinking about starting your own business or not thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, this is for you. So um, with that, we'll get, oh, and on this episode, actually, we talk about something called our Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit. It's something we began two years ago, where every June for the last two years, we sit down for two full days and share everything that we do to grow and run Rockstar from hiring processes to the marketing systems that we use on Facebook and Google and radio, the website strategies that we use, how we kind of do some of the operations on the operational side of the business. And the reason that we do that is we couldn't find anything in the Toronto area that really got into the nitty gritty specifics of how to grow from zero to 100,000 or zero to 500,000 in revenues or zero to like a million and then beyond that, like a million to five million in revenues. So this is our attempt to share that in information. And the first two years that we did it, we got great reviews around it. So we're doing it again for a third time. We never thought we'd repeat. We never thought we'd do it more than once. Um, but we did it again last year. The feedback was it was good. Um, apparently, and I don't even know the numbers. I don't have it in front of me, but Nick was sharing with us on the on the podcast that almost 50% of the people who went and attended this thing last year re-signed up for this upcoming year without even knowing the dates or the content that we were going to share. So that's obviously something we're very grateful um, over. So um, if you want to learn more about that, it's called the Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit. And um, the URL to go to would be rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. So rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit, which is S-U-M-M-I-T. And on that page, you'll see the dates and location details. You'll also see some of the content that we've shared over the last two years. So you get an idea of what it's all about and some of the things that we're sharing um, during that uh, that two-day adventure. So you can go there. We're going to do some, we have our early bird pricing in effect to the end of this year on the Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit. So if it is something that you're thinking that you might want to explore, check it out now because we're going to raise the pricing to the more regular pricing starting in um, January to the end of the year. We're doing an early bird promotion on this thing. So with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. No, I'm not going to start with are you there, Nick? We're live. Are you 
Can you hear me, Nick? No, I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm not here. So tell us what, uh, yeah, we were just chatting. So listen, we were just chatting about what are some of the things that we wish we knew or look reflecting back. How did you put it? Reflecting back, what are some of the things we wish we knew um, when we started business that we had no clue about? Yeah, probably sounded a little bit better than that. But yeah, that's about it. I, I don't know what exactly what, what I said, but what, it was something like that. What was the, uh, what, what, when you said that, what's the first thing that came to mind? I'm curious. I think that there was two and, and, you know, we, we talk about legion and marketing a lot, so I'll leave that one aside. I think the first one that came to mind was just, um, understanding the value of time and what hiring people could bring to the table. Uh, yeah. Because we were petrified of hiring people, yeah, both yeah. of us. And you know what? And it didn't just apply to the, the like rock star, the business. I mean, I, I can, I can trace this back to when one of my earliest investment properties, second, third, you know, one of the early, early ones when we were doing a lot of renovations ourselves, myself and the friend that I I owned it with, we were doing a lot of the renovations ourselves and we were trying to, you know, I was more willing to hire someone than he was at that time um, because I was essentially, I looked at it like, I was trying to buy back our time and I was like, for this cost, if it saves me being here for this many hours, it's worth it to me. And it was something that, you know, we learned early on when, I don't know, we were kind of, it was forced down our throat. You know, when we went to a master, I know you know this, but for everyone listening, we went to one of our mastermind meetings and we told them all the stuff that we were doing and how we were stuffing envelopes at 10 PM at night and all this stuff and getting in fights over who could stuff the envelopes faster. Um, Oh, and when we discovered that you could remember our, one of our big breakthroughs was you could dip like a sponge in a little bit of water and use that to lick the envelopes instead of yeah her tongue. And then someone said, why are you guys even doing that? You just use glue sticks. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's like the biggest breakthrough ever. Yeah, definitely before not the that was the table. But before that was the table because we were on our hands and knees and it was my neighbor who said, hey, do you guys want like a table so that you don't have to be on your hands and knees? Yeah. There's definitely some stories are probably better not shared, but um, <laughs> I actually just listened to an interview with Jeff Bezos on Amazon and he shared the exact same story that he told the guy packing books next to him that he had to put, oh, you sent me that audio yeah. where he said that he had to put uh, knee pads on. He's like, you know, we really need to get knee pads. And the guy's like, no, what we really need is packing tables. And Jeff was like, oh my God, it's the biggest breakthrough ever. And I'm, and I was thinking, oh my God, that must be a multiple breakthrough for businesses because we had the same breakthrough. I think, you know what, we, a lot of entrepreneurs, they're so focused on just getting the task done that you're not even thinking about that stuff. You're just worried about how you're going to get this, this stuff done, right? Yeah, it was interesting to hear him too when he was saying like, you know, he was driving every day. He was driving the packages to the to this um, the post office. That's what and he, he did that did. for a long time. Yeah, like it's just you know everyone kind of starts at those those spots and then that's something we didn't know. Just how how when you especially if you're leaving the corporate world, which I was, when you have like there's all the roles are so divided. Yeah, and so niche. Like you are responsible for, for just this, this little box this of activity stuff. in the corporation. But then when you go out on your own, you are responsible for taking out the garbage, but also selling the next deal and making the lead generation happen yeah. and the marketing and absolutely your every, marketing, sales, finance. Clean services everything so but uh yeah so i think you know and, and i guess what triggered it was some uh someone sent in a question one of our members sent in a question uh, a few days ago that i responded to uh just just the other day and it was asking about hiring within his business and, and how he looked at it and uh and he had some valid points and i guess it was just the exact same way that we looked at things before and then uh, you know now that when we look at being able to hire someone is just like an opportunity to essentially buy back some time and focus on bigger things. And now instead of like thinking like, Oh, well, you know, 
you know, should we hire someone or can we hire another person? We're trying to get to the point where it makes the most sense to hire another person so that we can kind of move on to other stuff. Yeah, and I think there was that one book that we read early on. I think it was by Gary Keller, the guy who started Keller Williams, that real estate brokerage. And in the book, he said he had this one line. He said, you lead with revenue. And I always kind of stuck with me that like once you're able to generate a little bit of revenue, then it's okay to go higher. You don't have to like freak out anymore. Whereas before I never knew when to hire. I'm like, do you hire now? Like, uh, you know, but I'm, I already have no money. Like I'm just starting. I have nothing. So it is kind of good to like make a little bit of get a little bit of revenue flowing. Yeah, that's um, for sure. That's fair. Yeah. And, and then kind of go out and hire. But once you have that, then it's not that big of a decision. Just go and do it. Yeah. I think once you have that and we were terrified, remember? So we left that mastermind meeting when they're like, guys, I can't believe you're stuffing these envelopes. Don't come back here unless you go and hire an assistant. Like, don't come back. And they were serious. And we're like, okay, I guess we got to go hire someone. And we hired someone three half days a week. And she was good. She was smart. She was a university student. It worked within her schedule. She would come in three half days a week or, or six hour days or whatever they were. And, um, and it was terrifying at that time. So I'm like, man, we're gonna have to write her a check every single week. Like, I want to write myself a check, not her. And, um, but it was so worth it. it. Like, you know, looking back, it was like, geez, I could never go without you know, an assistant now. I shouldn't say that. I could if I, uh, you know, I wanted to. I just don't want to, right? Um, and I think anyone that, you know, once to your point, once there's some revenue going through it, you need to hire someone to take some of those administrative things off your plate so you can focus on the bigger stuff. And it's Cameron Harold always had that good line that always stuck with me that was, you know, he's he, one thing he says, I don't know if it's from him or he heard it from somewhere else, well, someone else that was, uh, if you don't, if you, what is it? If you don't have an, an executive assistant, you are one. And I'm like, hmm, that's really interesting. Yeah, that kind of makes up, a lot that, of sense. Yeah, that was right? summing up the majority of our lives when yeah. we were starting out. Yeah. yeah. So it was. Uh, so th I think that's that's the big thing that you know, when you a lot of entrepreneurs can be control freaks. They feel like they can do everything better and smarter and quicker than the next person. We're both and, control freaks. Yeah, totally. Maybe you're totally. more a control freak than me. No, I'm well, different control. I'm control freak in yeah, different areas. So totally. Yeah, you're. You're. <laughs> I think you understand it more than you, you, you acknowledge it more than you used to. Um, I've gotten better. I was definitely, I, and I still am, but I've gotten a lot better than I was for sure. Like of letting things go and letting people just kind of run with things. But um, it needs to. Uh, so uh, you think I'm the bigger control freak? Oh, yeah, hands down. Really? Eh? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get more, you go into freak out stage more <laughs> if you're not in control of stuff. I just wonder why I'm like, why the heck isn't this getting done the way I want it? If it's not, if I'm not in control of it, but you go into full out freak out <laughs> freak mode. Out mode? Damn, I gotta say, I gotta record myself in freak out mode yeah. so we can share that. But um, yeah, so anyways, I think that was the the biggest thing to me. I mean, early on, I just had no sense of that. Like when I started, I wasn't even thinking about hiring someone. Like it just didn't even cross my mind. Mm -hmm. But then now, looking back now, I would be you know planning that stage. Like I'd be like, hey, I got to get revenue so I can get all this stuff off my plate. Well, I think and focus it's because you don't. Stuff. Most people don't think, and and us included, don't think you can fill the person's time. And yeah. that becomes the mental roadblock. You're like, well, I can't hire someone even if I think maybe I kind of sort of can afford it because I don't know what that person would do all day. It's no I don't. I can't even tell you how many investors I've spoken to. They're like, well, you know, I don't really know if I should hire a property manager. I, you know what? The, the same guy that we I was had that other property with. I remember the first time I approached him to put pro, a property manager on that property. He's like, well, I don't get it. Why are we going to pay that guy? What do we have to pay him? And I told him whatever percent we pay. I don't know, six, five, whatever it is. And um, and he's like. Well, I don't get what's he do for that. Like he's gonna do the like repairs and stuff. I'm like, no, we have to pay for the repairs. This is so we don't have to deal with the any, phone calls, anything. Like then rent just shows up in our in our uh, bank account. He's like, well, I don't know if it's worth it. 
And, you know, I had to sell them on the fact, like, let's just try it and then see if you're okay with it because you're just essentially buying back your time. You're not dealing with those little things. And, yeah, to me, it's it's worth it. But that not just him. There's been countless people that will always nitpick at every little dollar that they're spending to see if they're getting the maximum value out of it. And it's like sometimes you just got to be like, look, I just want the mental freedom to not have to think about that stuff so you can worry about, you know, other things that are more important to you. Another common one that comes up on that is like, where do you find people? And it's funny, one of uh, someone here at Rockstar, one of their assistants who's been with them forever, they found on Kijiji. I forget if they were posting looking for work or they advertised that they wanted an assistant. So you can almost find people pretty much anywhere. And a lot of people kind of just through their own networks. Or you can go out to some of the websites like Indeed or whatever like that. But it's kind of like you can almost find people anywhere. I just never, it's always stuck with me that he found her her on Kijiji. They still work together. I don't know how many years later. Mm -hmm. So it's not as complicated as maybe I had made it out to think. No, but I think he he still put her through a, a, a somewhat of a thorough system it wasn't just like an app like a resume kind of fully given up on like any that. thorough systems well no i i know what i, I just i know what he did with it, what yeah, the yeah, process yeah. he went through so there was it wasn't just like hey i found her Gigi, i met her she seemed good she hired me and i got yeah, yeah, i got yeah. lucky because most of the time that doesn't work out yeah, as well i don't know that's that one's a real tough one for me lately i just look back and i just think of all the people that i've seen and, and i was fortunate enough to be in that software industry when they were literally hiring hundreds of people and I just look back and I think so much on hiring is just when you catch somebody at like what point in life you're catching them at. If they're really going to dedicate themselves to yeah. something or the day after you hire them, they went through your perfect screening process. But the day after you hire them, something personally happens in their life that just throw them for a, throws them out for a whack. For sh- so it's, for it's sure. tough to. Nothing's nothing's perfect. But I mean, you want to kind of hedge your bets and especially when you're an entrepreneur and you don't have the time. So when you're in the software industry and they have there's people coming in at a greater numbers and they can churn and burn people a little bit more, which is what was happening with these larger companies. When you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to train someone and get them up and running, you want to hedge your bets a little bit. So you want to know what you're know, getting. But they didn't turn and burn them that fast. Like we would spend a year with some no, but you're over talking a year. About, you're talking about companies backed by, a, you know, a fortune 100 CEO. No, no, yeah, they could afford to, it's, it's they a could whole afford to do world, it. No, but that's know? why they did it on a scale of 100 at a time. No, I know, but but it's, it's just like, it's. I, I think it's just two different systems for two different, types of companies it's, no, I, it's, I guess, it's harder in the entrepreneur world i guess what i'm trying to say is that i've seen some of the best screening processes at the corporate level and they couldn't do it no, either no. I, like i said it's not perfect but if you look at our hires from when we started putting a system in place compared to before they've still not perfect gotten a lot better right well we had two people one person we had to fire after two weeks one person left after two days we've never had that since then yeah, right. Yeah, but one one person who stayed with us forever, we just met her at the front and thought she had a good personality and was friendly, and she stayed with us for a long time. And that was like zero. That was literally like, hey, do you want to? You're making sandwiches right now. Do you want to start working with us yeah. in real estate? But that's but see, to me, that's even better. So I I think that's the best way to do it. It's just you're not able to. So yeah, like, true. If you yeah. know someone, you got to know them. Yeah, like if if I was if I went to a restaurant regularly and like the best server there that I knew and I saw okay, that's for a six-month yeah. period, I'd be like, that's way and better we did than... we know her, yeah. That's yeah. better than any system or interview process you can put someone through. You, you actually know the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but it's just you're not able to. But I, we're still... I, I mean, I'm still kind of... Sometimes I'm out places and I'm like, man, I wonder if I should just try to offer this person a job. Like, how mm-hmm. much are they making? And like, do you want to come work with us? We've you know? done that. We've did that to someone. Remember Harry Rosen? There was that ah, good sales right. rep. We're yeah, like, hey, yeah. dude, do you yeah, want to yeah. start selling real estate? Yeah. We never actually convinced them. We got him in the yeah. office he once. He was close. Yeah, yeah, he was close, but we never convinced them to sell real estate. <laughs> but yeah, so that is, a, that is actually like a screening process. You're right. Okay. 
Okay, so one of the things that I I think uh, looking back that I wish I knew when I started business is I uh, I discounted. I, I fully, we've talked about this a little bit, but I fully now appreciate the difference between being on a mission and being uh, passionate about something. Because you know all those books that tell you follow your passion and you got to do what you love. Otherwise, you'll stop doing it because if you don't like it. And I find that passion, like it fades like a tan. You know, like it, you get a tan and it fades away. Passion is completely like that. Whereas if you're on a mission, it comes from a place of frustration and anger that seems to last longer. So I'll give you an example of uh, uh, this. When I was starting uh, some of those websites that I started way back before Rockstar, that was just like kind of like semi little passion projects. Like, yeah, I'm like excited about starting these little websites that kind of do search engine optimization and generate kind of traffic. And this is like a passion of mine to kind of do this. It all fades away what rockstar has kind of been built on and i think that why it's last it's that we've been on a mission and part of that mission if i was to articulate it today which would be different that uh than i articulated when we started i would sum it up like like this this is going to sound a little bit crazy but when our parent our parents bought a house in mississauga in 1976 they paid it off in 1986 they took 10 years to pay it off after that they were able to save up a little bit of money Right. And let's say if I use an example that they were able to save up at that time, because I don't know if it was 2000, 5000 or 10,000. But if I was able to say 1986, they were able to save up a bit of money. Let's call it $10,000, which would have been a lot of money back then. And they were able to say, hey, I'm going to save this money and I'm going to now sit on this money and I'm going to give it to my grandchildren. And I'm going to give it to my grandchildren because this is money that I want to share with my family for my legacy and so forth. Now, if I break that down, I know I'm getting crazy and this sounds crazy, but stick with me here. If I break this down, that $10,000 was a perfect reflection on their labor in 1986. They went out and worked. Our father got up at like five in the morning. Remember when the guy, the drywall, his drywall partner would honk the horn in front of the house and all the neighbors would complain. I'm like, who on the street has somebody pulling up at five in the morning, honking their horn every morning? And that was our dad's par uh, drywall partner honking the horn for him to come out of the house. Do you remember that? Yeah. Every yeah, morning that happened. Anyway, so he went out in the middle of winter, worked in drywall construction, uh, like freezing his ass off. Our mom took temp jobs to buy us like Christmas presents one, one Christmas because we didn't have enough money for Christmas presents. And not that we were like really like in a poverty situation. I just mean they worked hard for their money. So if they saved up in 1986, that $10,000, then they gave it to our kids today. Like th what is that? 30 years later? Yeah. Over 30 years later today um, as a, as a gift to the grandchildren. Now that $10,000 today, what does that buy compared to the $10,000 in 1986? It buys like half of what it would buy in 1986. I don't have an inflation calculator in front of me, but I'm just kind of saying it, does, it doesn't buy nearly anything compared to what it bought in 1986. The reason that bothers me to my core is because our father worked and it's a per that and our mother worked in 1986 to make that money and through no fault of their own by just holding that money, it was discounted. And, and it was devalued. So when they gave it to their grandchildren, it wasn't worth nearly as much as it was in 1986. And some economists, and, and I'll never forget this in university, would tell me things like, well, if the way an economy should work is people need to take risk with their money. If they're just holding on to their money and saving their money, they deserve to let the value kind of fall away. And they have to take risks with their money in order to maintain its value. So that basically saying you have to invest it in the stock market or do something like that. And I just thought that was such bullshit. That the way the money system is working right now is that my parents will work hard for some money, save that money under a mattress somewhere, and through no fault of their own, it's just devalued. 
just because the system is set up like that. And that's why I think what we're doing at Rockstar is so important because when we help people buy rental properties, we're using the system of money as it's designed against the system. You get things like appreciation really well in real estate because money is created uh, through mortgages and it affects the real estate prices almost first in, in, in the economy, almost before anything else. And so that you have an automatic savings plan because you're building up equity and paying down the mortgage through the rents. So through real estate, we're kind of like using the systems as money as they are, are designed today against the system for ourselves and for the people we're so working So bring with. it back to passion and purpose to try but to that's make the, the mission. It's a mi Now we're on a mission. This isn't like a passion. It's not like we're, pa it's not like I love real estate. It's not like I love, deal Nick, you just had an electrical fire in one of your rental properties mm. today. Like, it's not like you liked that call that you had to get an electrician out to a rental property today because there was the house almost freaking burnt down. No, I know. Like, we're I'm not passionate. it didn't burn down. Though. Yeah, no, I know. But we're not passionate about real estate in, in real estate in and of itself. I'm just thinking, though, as a side note, maybe better if it did, as long as no one got hurt, if it burned down, new house from insurance might not be so bad. Yeah. Never been through really that process. Yeah, no, I know. Just think of all Actually, the it was an older house. You might have benefited if it burned Think of down. all the rocks. As long as the people were safe. Yeah. It might no, have of course. Of it might have been benefited if it burnt down. Think Think of all the Rockstar Minutes we could have made during the process. But a lot of great Rockstar Minutes. A lot of all, all the fights with the insurance company you would have had. <laughs> but because it was an older I think you might have actually benefited from that. Yeah. Looking back now, I'm just wondering if we should just plug the damn thing back in. Tell them to get out of the house. Say, I'm going to plug it back in and see what happens. <laughs> Stand back. I'm plugging it in. Actually, stay on the street. This house might explode as I plug this in. But uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, I, I I threw you off. I was just thinking about that. But yeah, I, I get I get no. What but that's I get what that's the, the this business is built on, and I'm not trying to like say we're the best because we have. I have far from that. I just mean by some fluke of nature, this business came with like a mission built yeah. in. We weren't just we weren't trying to help invest. How many times have you been out helping an investor in the middle of winter, shoveling snow to try to show a property or trying to go through the numbers for the one hundredth time on why this is a good investment and all the things that like really you don't need to be doing anymore but you do them because it's this greater purpose you know that this is like a good thing for the people that we're helping like we believe that through our core and part of it is just because of the mission in and what we're doing we're trying to help people live life on their terms it's not just about this business making money for you and me yeah, which no, is how fair. i looked about business before like i'm really passionate about a subject so let me go figure out how i can start a business and extract a hundred thousand dollars out for yeah. myself yeah I, I could say that like i mean there was definitely the financial reason why we started the business for the short-term income but that only lasts so long so then after there was some success with the business and it kind of like you know sustained the paid some bills for us it, it, it's weird like looking back at the time I would have never thought that that got old I'm like no I'm you know, I want to make some money right but it gets old and and it's got to be about something else like if it's just about money it just it's just not worth it any anymore you know so so I'm the same way I don't know what, why but that whole message about you know the find your passion thing never resonated with me like it just never I just never gave a shit but when I heard that I'm like oh, what are these well because to survive about? in business there's so much shit you have to put up with you're never walking around in a passionate state no I just mean before I mean before like way back I'm like yeah, I don't know I'm like I don't know I'm just gonna do this because this seems to make sense and I kind of like it like it wasn't yeah, yeah. like this find your passion like this is what I'm put on the earth to do and I'm not saying that's for some people like that's the, what they're after and that's what they're gonna find that's great but it just never for me that that was never something that could get me moving in a direction no, and, towards something. and I think it also is a disservice to people who might go into business because to me when I heard that message I always thought oh when you get into business it's and if you're if it's a passion project you should be like kind of happy all the time and like joyful and it should be easy because this is your passion and 
I think what happens when you get into business is that it's a struggle. You have to fight and you have to actually embrace that struggle. Like something that we did starting this business is that we just embraced the struggle of like every day going through the motions. And if someone had told us, hey guys, that's actually normal. Like that's actually how a business starts is that you just have to like struggle day in and day out for like a few years. I remember telling someone, Nick, who started a new business and I said, yeah, Nick and I, for the first three years, we barely had enough money. We didn't take any money out of the business and we barely had enough money just to pay for our own personal living expenses to survive. And she felt like the weight of the world had been lifted off her shoulders because she had been in business for just over three years and hadn't been able to take money out. And no one had like shared that with her before. And I'm like, yeah, that's like completely normal. Yeah, you got to fund the bit. You got to invest in, in you got to put the money right? back in the business to make it survive. Well, and just you, now in today's world, so much is different because so many people are just running these businesses, especially in the tech industry that just lose money. Like everything's negative. Like it just didn't work that way in the past. You know what I mean? So yeah, and so, that could work. If you know what, if that could work well for our business, I would take it. Well, yeah. <laughs> if someone know, wants you, to come with a hundred million bucks, we can, I can burn it up pretty quick too. Give me the hundred million. I'll show yeah, you what yeah, we yeah, can yeah. do. Yeah, we'll have all kinds of fun. Our Christmas parties would take on a whole new level. Oh with my that god, kind of we money. don't. Yeah, we don't. Need to, we don't need to go there. But uh, yeah, so I guess I just think that the whole message of passion, looking back. I, I wasted a lot of time figuring out, trying to think, what's my passion? Instead of thinking, oh, what do I want to dedicate my life to? And is there a way to take a business in whatever niche and map it to that thing? You know, because I, I really believe that that would have served me better than all this all this ta- never ending talk about like finding your passion. Mm-hmm. I, maybe we're being too negative, but I think if you find your mission on what your life's gonna stand for and you're willing to embrace the struggle of accomplishing that mission, beautiful things can happen. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, now I'm, you, you, I'm, you I'm beat just that staring, one to death. I'm, I'm not just, gonna you know go. What? I just, yeah, I feel, I feel passionate about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway. it's, uh, it, no, that's a big point though. But um, it shows how we're, we're, it's funny, I was just thinking how, how we're wired differently and it's not that one can't do the other, you know, but you're wired initially like, like you know vision idea stuff so it's like hey what, what's the stuff that we missed out on you're like mission and passion right mission versus, versus passion and i'm like oh yeah hiring creating systems <laughs> like i'm i go my natural yeah, my yeah, brain yeah. goes to the operational side yeah. of stuff yeah yeah you know what i mean it's just two different two different approaches to stuff because it's funny because the other thing i had i was like yeah the, the value of systems because like i never really understood that before i'm like i don't know people can just figure things out and now i'm realizing that like people can't just figure things out you need systems for everything so that you can plug and play people into the different roles and that they can follow that system and get something done. And, and it's been the most valuable thing that we've been able to do in our business is different systems. And we're not, uh, like you've said, no, something else, we're not perfect. Not at perfect. It, but for some of the most important things. We might not things, even be a two out of 10. <laughs> yeah. But, but we're, but that, that puts us ahead of probably 80% of Maybe. The other people. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, just having those systems for different things has been really, really valuable that it, when I That's started, a big I thing we really did at the Entrepreneur Summit last year. I think we tried to map out, like, even from a marketing point of view, um, we tried to share with everyone there, like, it's all about this, a repeatable system that produces consistent results is really the value of your business. And putting those systems into your business is what business is all about. It's, it's not, y- yes. So it's not only what business is all about, it's what the where what can sustain the business is i was that, no i was going to say what the value that the business holds yeah yeah right so that that's the difference so like look look at our business right it's a real estate brokerage 
I mean, how many real estate brokerages are? I mean, look, there's kind of two sides to it. There's the membership side. Never whatever. call our business a real estate no, brokerage again. I, yeah, I know. It sounds bad. That's why I kind of see how I backtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, there's really two sides yeah. to it. So, but Even though for anyone listening, Rockstar is obviously a real estate brokerage. Yeah. We just don't like to admit it. Well, it's just structured differently. Yeah. Right? And and if you look at it, the the what makes it different is all the other systems that we have around it. Right? And those systems are what separates it and what kind of creates the value totally. here versus a lot of where you know a lot of other kind of p- people in, in the space it's it's, it's totally different right and that's a good point and that's how we would value a business if we were going to buy it now because a few people have come to us over the years saying hey would you entertain getting involved with this business from a financial aspect and the first thing that comes up at our miles are like well how, what are their systems like how do they generate new business and when there's a blank stare on that answer you kind of like as an investor into a business, you're kind of like demotivated. You're like, well, you don't even yeah. know how you generate your first customer. Never mind the systems on the operational side. You know? So it's funny. So I just uh, last night I went to a, a new new bar opened up close to my house. So I met someone there. I was like, yeah, let's go check it out. Oh, it, uh, that place up. open? Yeah, yeah. So I was there and um, met a couple of the owners actually, a couple of the partners. I was talking to them. Uh, one doesn't live locally; lives elsewhere in the country. And initially took this kind of, you know, had met these other owners and, and took the concept and opened up another location way out in another part of the country. I'm like, hmm, I go, that's interesting because around here there's a few of these locations and it had uh, a little bit of a, a, a name. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, like a, a restaurant bar, you know, type place. So it's not, um, but it did have, because of the few locations people, and it's been around for a while, people knew the name, but out way out, out west, no one knows the name from a few locations around here. So I was like, so what is it? Why did you do that? Like, why didn't you just open up your own place? So you took all the systems that you, they had here and you just kind of wanted to leverage the exact same thing? She's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for, right? I just wanted to be like, hey, guys, look, you've done all this. I just want to take it and replicate the exact same thing. And that's essentially what she was, what the value was she was getting from them. Because it wasn't the name. It wasn't a branding. It, you know, she had to go find her own location. It was none of that stuff. It was the systems that's of how to su- of successfully run this type of business. And yeah, it is. It is totally smart. Like any time we can go and talk to someone that has implemented a, sy- a system to get it done, and we can learn from them. We're ba- e- we're baffled and amazed. Yeah, yeah, and even if it's not anything to do with our business, totally. any successful business owner that has a system, I'm always curious to look at their systems because I'm like, hmm, I wonder what I can learn from this one that I can now take or a small piece of it and implement for us. That's what I. I that's what gave me confidence to quit uh, our jobs, by the way, and do this. Is finally when. I realized that concept, what you just said. I said, business is all about having a system to generate a new customer. And I know a lot of businesses or people will listen to this. And especially if it's a smaller business, they'll say, well, I'm doing fine without systems. Like I get a lot of referrals and I do. And that's completely fine. And you can build a business in that model. Absolutely. I know tons of people who build businesses based on a referral based model. We're just talking about if you want to step into the unknown and generate business by yourself without depending on referrals, like be completely independent of referrals and go out and get new business. When I had that understanding of like, oh my gosh, I think Nick and I understand how we're going to be able to get a new customer. That reduced the risk so greatly. It gave me the, the freedom to think I'm going to quit my job. Yeah. Like that, get- that, that was like the risk. You know, people think entrepreneurs are risk takers. Yeah. I think they're actually just, you know, we've talked about this, how they're risk averse. That was what gave me the confidence to quit. I'm like, I think I understand how the, the value of business is getting a customer. I think I finally figured out a system to get a customer for the uh, Yeah, not, and not only, not only the confidence in that, the confidence to not try to be all things to all people and to not work with the people you don't want to work with. 
Because there's value in that too, right? Because totally. there's some customers that are like, look, you're just never going to make them happy and they're going to take up too much of your time. And there's value to cutting those people loose and saying, hey, look, we're not a fit for you. Go find someone else. We'll go our ways and we'll all be happy, like in a good way and, and move on. And if you don't have, if you don't know you can replace that customer. Exactly. That, that, that That's what be, I was going to say. Yeah. So, because like. Because if you know you can replace those customers, you can cut out you can cut out people who are bothering you, and it doesn't bo- it doesn't affect you at yeah, all. Yeah, totally. And it's different in different industries too. Like, you know, I think there was a tradesperson that that reached out at one point. They're like, "Well, you know, I don't really need to do that because I get so many referrals. You know, I'm, I'm I have more work than I can handle." Well, yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, like right now, there is a to be fair, there is a shortage yeah, yeah. of good tradespeople. Right, because like absolutely, the, like so. There's a shortage. So like, if anyone you're, listening to this who has kids who want to get into the trades, get them in the trades. Yeah, if they're willing to do good, detailed yeah. work for honest, you know, and knock and show up and on time oh and gosh. complete projects, all that stuff. Yeah. So if you're that person, you might be getting a ton of referrals because you're in an industry now that there's a shortage of. But if you're in another industry where there's like, restaurants are a great example. Right. You can't. How many restaurants have you seen open and close? I mean, mm-hmm. t- all anyone. Right. Like countless. You can't just open the doors to a restaurant and be like, OK, guys, I'm here. Everyone's going to come in the doors yeah, now. Refer like, business. Yeah. It you, genuinely seems like the hardest business in the world. I think my understanding is the margins are really tight, tight. as well. I think that's why they need like without the alcohol the sales, the margins operations. are. Jesus. Oh, my God. Food, the health cook, risks oh, and allergies. God. And yeah, yeah no, I, 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 I can't imagine. Remember when we found uh, someone who said, sorry, I'm getting off track here. But someone who said that they knew someone who owned a bunch of McDonald's. And that they, in their budget, I have no idea if this is actually true, but they told us that in their budget, they had allocated a certain amount of money every year just to deal with deaths from food poisoning. Can that be true? Oh, no, I don't remember that. I'm sure I believe it, but I believe it. Yeah, for lawsuits and stuff. Well, look, you don't think the pharmaceutical companies have a money set aside for just lawsuits and, and, and that type of thing going on? Absolutely. Yeah. There's no way they it's don't. It's got to be a line item on some of these bigger. Uh, oh, bigger I can't see how yeah. it can. I mean, they, I'm sure it's not called like lawsuits for malpractice. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, legal expenses <laughs> yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for sure, they're banking on it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, just think with all these opiate um, lawsuits going on now. And and what happened? To, what just happened to uh, Johnson and Johnson? Not just, but I guess it was a little while ago. But those court cases came out that they knew that talcum powder caused, uh, I think it was ovarian cancer. Like used regularly, it would cause ovarian cancer. And they knew about it, and they they were found guilty of yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. And I now, read about that recently. And now yeah, all yeah. those other lawsuits yeah, yeah, are proceeding. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. And you know what? So you know what the funny thing about this? Okay, this. So so to this point, yes, we're off track, but but to this point, this is valuable because yes, it, it must be a line item because who just bought? No, it was a different lawsuit. Monsanto just got sold, right? About six months ago. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Monsanto was sold to um, big pharmaceutical company. Right. Yeah, you, 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 you can look yeah, it I'm up. Curious, it's a billion. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, so they just got sold, and uh, during the time there was a lawsuit going on from a, uh, it was like a, was it like a janitor or maintenance guy or something like that at, at a school that used to use Roundup all the time, that chemical Roundup, and he ended up getting it got spilled all over him once, and it gave him like all sorts of cancer, and they were found guilty as well of that. He got he got he got a huge sum of money because of that. He didn't want the money because he, he's he's like going to like. He's not well And um, You know But he wanted to prove a point But yeah they, they, I think they got sold in June right It looks like it, Yeah 66 billion And who bought Bayer. them Bayer. Yeah, Bayer. See 
big German. Wow. So 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 they bought them with this lawsuit in place. So just think they bought, and then this then the, mm-hmm. then they lost the lawsuit. But no, they went into the purchase knowing about this thing. So they must have there must be a line item there saying, okay, well even if we lose this, how much is going to cost? It, it us? makes sense. That's a certain amount of business. Right. You, you every business is going to have yeah. that. I mean, sixty six billion. Yeah, sixty six billion. But we okay. We got off track there. You were talking about referrals and restaurants, and no restaurant will kind yeah, of survive systems. on referrals. So you you need a system to generate the customer, which we fully appreciate now. Which maybe we didn't fully even understand the value of when we not fully, at all. Like we kind of knew it was important, but now we understand it's everything. You oh know? yeah, yeah. Like even if you're the be- if you're in an industry where there's a shortage of people, like we're talking the tradespeople, that's one thing. But if you're in a, an industry where there's an abundance, even if you're the just the best alone, without a system to spread that word and get people kind of communicating that to other people, even that's not going to generate you enough business to stay open. There's a lot of good, good businesses that have closed that have good products or good service, but without people knowing about it, it's just not going to work. And, and the other thing is, even to your point about trades right now getting a lot of referrals, when the economy changes and there's an economic rece- a recession of any sort and those referrals kind of dry up, you need a system to generate customers. For sure. Otherwise, you're, I guess that's a, another point that we didn't understand fully in business is that the power of never having one, no single point of failure anywhere. Yeah. Remember when we were kind of like understanding that concept, like, wow, we just have one way to get customers. That's kind of dangerous. That was Kenny. That was Dan Kenny that uh, instilled that, that in, in our because like, I heard it from him like I don't know a hundred times, and, and it was and like the what is it, the worst number? He always says the worst number in any business is one. Is one because when you're dependent on one thing, if that thing kind of falters, now you're screwed. Right. And that applies to like people too. So like never one, never have one lawyer, one mortgage broker, one anything. You just have multiple of everything in your life. Well, look, I mean, it apply, we have, I mean, we still have one office, right? Like one real office. And then it, it, there is another that applied in when our old office, when we were renting, it was shared office space and we were paying the kind of owner of the shared office space, not realizing he wasn't paying the actual building owner. So that was, that was a single point of failure and it failed when when they came in to evict all the kind of subtenants because this guy wasn't paying his bills even though all our all all of us business owners in the place were right so i mean that's like you have less options to to kind of have kind of a backup plan there but it just it, i'm just using it as an example because it applies to everything i'll never forget when our our brokerage was operating out of a public storage unit yeah that was that was good and remember we would t- people would say hey i'm going to come to your office and drop off a check and we and we were like no 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 we have a service yeah. where we come to you <laughs> VIP. <laughs> we didn't want to tell anyone. Uh, yeah, our our office is furniture. Was that for six weeks? Unit. About six, six, I eight weeks. I feel like it was even long. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it was like maybe two full months. That was crazy. Um, so yeah, so systems and kind of referrals. I, I guess another thing, no single point of fail, failure. Something we didn't understand. Something else I wish someone told me when we got started is how lonely being a business operator is. When you're an entrepreneur and you're and you go out on your own, we kind of had someone tell us that that was Bill Glazier who told us that many years later. Like that's when I feel like I first heard it anyway. Anyway, but when you're out on your own, no one is going to relate to your problems, and that was like it puts you in a pretty lonely place. And where we benefited and we're very lucky is that we had each other. So if you're gonna go out on your own, you have to understand that like no everyone thinks if you go into business for yourself that you have some like extra money lying around and you're gonna be doing okay, especially if you've survived for a few years because you're like a business owner. But they don't know the truth of how much money you're spending, the operational overhead costs that you might be incurring to run the business. And if you don't have anyone to share those with, just be prepared that it is a lonely adventure. And uh, that's something, Nick, one of our lawyers brought it up because he's out on his own. And he's, he actually just told me yesterday, he said it was, it was Chris I was talking to. And he just said that uh, 
how he feels like we're so fortunate that we had each other. And I agree with him because even with us together, it's it felt lonely at times and it still feels lonely at times. Oh, yeah. I had a conversation with a friend once when he was still he now is, is a bit has his own business um, successful. And at the time he was working in the financial industry. And I remember when we started this, we were a few years starting this and, and I was trying I was talking to him about something and. I'm like, yeah, I just got all the stuff on my plate, this, this, you know, and he was, he didn't fully get it. He's like, ah, well, I got these 20 people reporting to me and, you know, and, um, and then when he started shortly after he started his business, he was, I could see in his face that he was breaking. I'm like, Hey man, are you going to be okay? Like you need to kind of take care of yourself or it doesn't matter if the business isn't, if it survives or not, you're not going to survive. Yeah, yeah. Right? You need to live. And, and he's like, no, I just got all this stuff on my plate. I'm like, yeah. And I started laughing at him. I'm like, hey, do you remember those conversations? You're a good friend. You were just laughing. What, yeah. yeah. Remember when I told yeah, you? Yeah, remember? And you used to be like, you just didn't never fully got it. And I've, I kind of told you you didn't fully get it. I would go, now do you get it? He's like, yeah, now I get it. I didn't. I, and he admitted. He's like, no, I didn't I didn't understand before. But he's put some other, He same thing. He He's actually hired. He's put some systems in place and it's gotten a little bit better than it was. I think he's still you know, kind of a little bit of a chicken with his head cut off all over the place with, with different things, but he's, uh, but it's an improved from, from what it was for sure. He's kind of learning and going through some of the same learning curves that, that we went through. Right. I think, and, and, uh, yeah. And part of that loneliness is when you're starting in business, you have an, you're at an information disadvantage in so many areas. Like when the first time something bad happens to you in business, you think it will be like the end of business. Oh, yeah. You know, remember a few times we had different incidents with just properties and investors and stuff and it didn't go perfectly well the way we wanted to and we thought oh my god is this the end you know but uh yes the, that that loneliness aspect when being by yourself that's that's a that's a tough one it does it it, it helps when you have someone else because sometimes some things will affect the one person and the other person like doesn't actually care about it so it, it helps when that person can lift it because there's i you know there was times with a one tenant that, that with the rental home property and he wanted his deposit back because his girlfriend didn't like the house and stuff like that. So he went, he's filed a small claims court. So he yeah. essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. sued us. Yeah. And so that didn't go anywhere. He we called me a coward over email. Yeah. So we, and we won, we, we won, like we won, the judge dismissed it. You know, it was all, it wasn't a big deal, but it was just kind of an emotional reaction on his part. And, um, and, but I remember, remember how prepared we you were, were. We hired a lawyer. Yeah, but I remember you were like just like oh, that. that distraught. Whereas I was kind of like with that thing. I'm like, oh, who cares? It's not a big yeah. deal. He doesn't have a case. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, you, yeah. you know. And there's been other times like, I mean, you know, there's been a times when we've left a, people. People have left the property and like students, and they've left a, so like yeah. a crap load of stuff in. And I'm like, oh, I don't even want to deal with this. Let's just like. Just lock the door, put a for sale sign up, and you know, and you've been like, ah, man, it's just two days. Let's just deal with it. You know what I mean? So it's helped because, like, at different times, one person's like, I can handle this right now, and the other person's like, yeah, yeah. one person's having a bad day. Luckily, the other person's having a good day. If we both have bad days at the same time, actually, we've had that where it's like, just you know what, forget everything. Yeah. But uh, something else I wanted to uh, to mention is I didn't quite fully anticipate when we started in business how over the last 10 years, attention would become so divided f- uh, because of phones and like all the different social media. So like business changes like, you know how you always hear that like business changes so quickly. I just feel like from the time we started to the time now, it's like if you're not constantly reinvesting in your education about like business building and marketing, the the world can like pass you by. Oh, easily. And and it's it's something that luckily we like have kept kind of learning and paying attention, but even then you really have to be aggressive with it and and I don't know if we've been perfect at it at all, but over the last 10 years there's been so many changes that if you haven't like studied 
like 10 years ago when we started, when we started, if you understood like search engine optimization and how to build a good website, that was like kind of enough to like actually get attention through Google searches and stuff. Think about it now. There's like how many platforms there's hardly anyone goes and does a Google search anymore because everyone's like on Facebook, Instagram, there's medium now. There's a uh, Twitter, there's Snapchat. There's like all these things. YouTube, YouTube has a story option now. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. um, so like you, there's, you know, YouTube, which personally I use a lot more just in the last two years to watch stuff than I ever have. Aiden, my son always talks to me about how he, like YouTube's his primary TV platform. He doesn't even go to TV like ever other than for live sports. Um, so like in the last 10 years, there's been so many changes. So something I guess when I didn't know when we started is just that how fast business kind of can go by you or the trends can change unless you keep your finger on the pulse at all times. And that's something that has been really, you know, really, I almost have to remind myself. And it's not just like uh, media and stuff. It's, you know, real estate investing strategies. Everything changes so quickly. Look at what we've seen with Airbnb over the last couple of years. You know, that one just came out of the blue where you first see it kind of happening. And then now we have Rockstar members who are doing Airbnb. We just we just shared this at one of our classes for Rockstar members where we have some members doing Airbnb on condos, some on single family homes, like way outside of the GTA, some on Caribbean properties. So it's just like it's just a constantly evolving landscape. And as a business owner, you need to be on it at all times. Yeah. I, and, and I, you know, and I don't know. Again, one of the conferences, I don't know if, again, if it was Kennedy or Michael Masters, I, I don't know who I heard it from. It was someone and that said, you know, if we, if you're doing in business, if you're doing the same thing five years from now that you're doing today, you're in trouble. You know, you might not even be in business anymore. Like you got to, you got to I think that be, is another Kennedy one. That's a good one. You know, yeah, yeah. you got to be changing what you're doing. Now, you don't have to like overhaul the entire thing, but you got to morph into kind of what's going on. Like there has to be kind of updates and changes and things and and I mean, I know for us, we've what we started with to what we have now has changed a, a lot. Oh my gosh! Right. Part of the reason we go to different, con like I think we're going to San Diego um, to Traffic and Conversion Summit down there because we just want. We don't even. I'm not even looking to fill a. Remember when we first went to conferences and we'd fill pages of, of notes, a notebook. Yeah. Now it's kind of just looking around for that like one idea that somebody might even say in passing. Maybe not even at the stage. Maybe a conversation that you're having in the hallway, and that could change your like business future for the next ten yeah, years. Yeah, we're just it's just for a few a handful of yeah. ideas, really. Right? So like you go, you invest in your education, and you're just looking for a, one thing here or there. I still think one of the biggest benefits of something like like when when we go to those conferences or that type of stuff and and one of the reasons this helped us you know um not have it like not I'm not a big learner like I can't sit in front of my computer and be like well I'm just going to watch these videos and learn all this stuff like I just don't learn like that so I like to sit someplace and it's not that I'm a big student like a school person but but now because the day to day is so busy with different things that I like the um the ability to, to get well yeah and i like to kind of check out so i like to sit there stare while someone's speaking whether i'm staring at them or i'm staring at the slides and at the same time i'm thinking I'm, it, it just allows me to look at things a little bit differently and i think that's the probably the biggest benefit is allowing you to check out of your day-to-day -day and not think about anything else going on like we never i don't think we've ever brought our laptops so in the room we have them but down to like an actual conference we've never ever brought our laptops and hopped on with the laptop and started doing emails or other stuff it's just been like we're there to kind of listen and learn yeah, to be and present. some of the presenters are better some aren't so we're outside in the hallway talking to people just for those ideas just to check out and see what we kind of observe that's been like 
way more valuable than I would have ever, ever given it credit to with the first time we went. I would have been like, I want, I, I want to go, I want to see this person. I expect them to teach me something and exactly what I'm looking to learn, they should be teaching yeah, me. Yeah, I know? wish there were that existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I think that just that other, that benefit alone um, has been, has been, you know, really, really good. Yeah, totally. I, uh, yeah. Um, Nick, there was something else that we didn't, I didn't fully appreciate when we were starting in business is, um, I didn't appreciate the the importance of doing something every single day consistently to for the like working on the business, not in the business. You know, some sometimes um, some people will come to us and they'll say, "Well, hey guys, congrats! Like, you know, uh, you guys made it to this point uh, in business, and you know, you should feel kind of grateful and stuff." We were talking to our accountant about some goals that we've kind of hit over the last few years and that kind of stuff. And you know, people will tend to give you a little pat on the back if you've survived for a certain amount of years. And I just kind of always reflect, like we did actually nothing special. The only thing that we decided to do is that you and I will lose our minds. I think. And it's maybe less daily now because we have different operational things that we have to do. But like if, if, if a few days in a row go by where we're not proactively working on the business, doing something for the benefit of the business, we will lose our freaking mind. I know you will and I will. That's part of the reason that you say when you get when lunchtime hits, if you haven't done anything proactive, you kind of get frustrated. And, you know, the same thing for me is that if I feel like I have a certain amount of activities every week that don't serve the business today, but it's, it's you know, some lead generation activity, some content that we're producing that's going to go and get us a new customer that doesn't solve anything that we're doing in the business today. Mm-hmm. But because we have no exceptions on that, we're going to do it come hell or high water, that that has served us more looking, reflecting back. That's actually something I wish someone told me that you need to have that agenda every freak day that you're going to work do one little thing whatever it is to work on the business you can't let two it's weeks tough. go it's tough because it's long it's long-term it's thinking lo- it's versus short-term yeah. thinking right and it's a grind yeah and it, when there's when there's a list of 20 things to do that day to not do some of those because you're doing something that really doesn't you can't see an immediate you know you don't get instant gratification from it can be tough but be you tough. got you need both it's like in the business when we talk about you need to build equity you need income and equity at the same time the yeah. short term immediate stuff is the yeah, income you, yeah. the long term stuff you're talking is the equity you're building in the business yeah yeah right? and the future in, yeah the equity yeah. and the future income yeah, that you're yeah, building for exactly. the business and uh, i just wish someone had told me that how much like it's going to be a grind to work on your business and that's okay because at sometimes i felt like when we were starting out like you know you're like a, a, six months in a year in a year and a half in you're like what the hell is going on why is this i'm about to break here and i didn't if someone had just articulated to me saying hey man it's okay that's like you need to create momentum in a business and a business doesn't get momentum from zero where we started overnight like you have to push for six months, a year, two years, three years, four years to, to generate that energy. And once it's generated, it's a little easier. Yeah. But I, I, I just wish someone had said, hey, Tom, don't worry. It's a grind and you're, you know, it's normal because sometimes we, most of the time we accepted the grind and we actually just loved it. Like it was fine. But every once in a while you just, or me anyway, I was just like, that's it, man. I don't know if I'm just going to break right now yeah. or not. I get it. I, you know, I know this, that term, the grind, like people are using it more and more often now. And it kind of like... I don't know. In some ways, it just makes me shake my head because you're right. Everything you said, I completely agree with. But I just think that we're all soft now, man. We're all sucks. Like if you look at the people that had to come over here. So let's, you know, use Toronto as an example, right? City of immigrants. 
people were coming over here. Anyone that was going to be successful, whether they started their own business or they're starting in a career, if you want to be successful in your career, you could apply that whole grind mentality. It's not grind. You got to f and work. Yeah, yeah. You, that's what you want to like. You want to get promotions. You want to do now. If you just want to stay complacent and stay at a certain level, then don't do it. But it's it's work. Like you want to increase. You know, you want to get something done. You got to kind of work at it. This isn't this new thing and, and I know that's not what you're saying and I'm, I'm just kind of pres- just letting you know I guess I'm just no, sharing my thoughts comes, on it it comes from a place because there's so much out there that says like the seven secrets to making millions overnight or how I made my money quickly or there's all this stuff where it's it's so many pe- it's just kind of in the culture a little bit that there's that work ethic thing has been like lost on these people, people were, are coming and they still are they still are but I, I'm talking like, I guess I'm using like our parents and the parents of my friends who came over, most of them were from somewhere in Europe. They came over with not much money, didn't speak much of the language, and were coming to like a kind of relatively new city, especially compared to the history that Europe has. Toronto was like a really kind of young city. Trying to figure out what the hell is going on, where to live, trying to speak the language, trying to figure out how to make money. I mean, you know, if all the, and, and again, not just those people, there's immigrants coming over today in the same situation, right? Whether it's from Europe or, or Asia or Africa or anywhere else. And I mean that like those people are, are making it like they're willing to kind of do some work. Whereas like, I don't know, most of us kind of, a lot of people have been watered down and they're, they're what they're used to is a watered down version of what it takes to kind of to build something for themselves. So now when you go back to what what was normal before, it's considered the grind or it's like, oh man, this is really tough. Well, it's not it's tough. It's normal. You know, stop being a flipping baby and pull up your pants and go do something. <laughs> I don't know. I just mean, I just think that it's just a wider thing. So I get where you're coming from. I just, that term, because I see it all over social media and stuff, the grind, the grind. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not the grind. Yeah. It's just what it takes, you know? But yeah, when, you're, when we're brought up in... You know, like, you know, we didn't grow up in poverty, right? Um, Middle class family and stuff like that. So it was very easy. Yeah, Mississauga would be far from poverty. Yeah. So it was, but very easy for us to look at that and say, well, we'll just kind of like chill out a little bit and, you know. So I don't well, know. I think, yeah, because you're raised in an environment that really doesn't have that. You don't have to push that hard to be rather successful through the school system. Yeah. Like you can get a part, you can get through grade school, high school, pick up a part time job and be living the life you want to live at your parents house and really not have pushed that hard. So when you totally. get to the workforce and someone says, hey, you know what, pull up your pants and work from like 6 a.m. to like 10 p.m., it is a freaking grind because yeah. you're brand new to it. You know, like you're like, what is this? But you're right. It's just the work ethic that's kind of been lost. Yeah. And, and to be clear, I'm not even saying to people like you, you know, to put in those crazy long hours and stuff like that, which, which you look, if you want to, you can. And I, I value time with my family and that type of stuff, you know, but sometimes when you're building something, getting off the ground, you got to kind of what you're doing is you're building the foundation so that, you know, short term so that you can benefit from that stuff long term. You just got to remember to benefit from a long term. Right. Yeah, so you, it, you can't just keep working longer, longer. I just also think that if you really buckle down, you never need more than the typical workday if you're able to focus and actually get stuff done. And 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 that's another except thing that's, at the beginning of business. At the beginning, you kind of I think to get the momentum, you might need a bit more. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're the, right. It kind of you, after a little while. You're right. But if you know, see, we didn't know what to focus on. 
Exactly. Like we did. We 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 accidentally did a lot of things right. Like looking back, yeah, we're like, wow, we yeah, kind we of got like, lucky. Right? We got lucky with a bunch right? of stuff. But if you if you if if you take that time and you focus on the wrong things, then yeah, it, then for sure you need to spend more time mm-hmm. on it, right? So I, I agree. Like I think the more time, it's especially early on and stuff. So like I agree with the grind and the hustle and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like I get it and I agree with it. I just think sometimes it can be kind of overused. You know, yeah, just yeah, yeah. kind of personal. It's just personal opinion for that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think the, the, the thing that I kind of appreciate just about that whole kind of grind to end off on that grind comment is that it's normal to have to work. It's not like a negative. So just to your point, like it's nor- it is necessary and normal. But one thing that you said just kind of strikes me is that, uh, you know, we did put in some hours early on and to the, the, the whole concept of a perfectly balanced life is rather difficult when you're starting a business. You do have to place a bit of energy on the business. And I know personally, I was kind of not spending as much time as that I would have liked to with the family during mm-hmm. that time, but that was necessary to create energy and momentum in the business. But now it's balanced out. Yeah. And now, you know, like I, I have start- actually more. I can, you know, we take the month long vacation in Europe yeah. and I can do the weeks of vacation that I want to do throughout the year or so. But, it, but it's like anything, right? Like when you start a family, when that baby comes from that has kids, you're spending a whole heck of a lot time more with that kid right then because you can't get away from it. For, like it needs to eat and be changed. And then by the time it goes to sleep, you have 15 minutes and then it wakes up again. You're like, what the hell? Didn't you sleep? You, you, you like, so you're spending a lot more time there. So I think it just applies to anything. And in a business in its infancy is like kind of just starting yeah, something new. And you've got to spend that down. time. You, It's like almost like raising a child in somewhere, not the same tasks, but the amount of energy and the focus that it takes to make sure that thing's healthy, safe, you're reinvesting in it and you're kind of allowing it to grow up, right? And if just like any with any child, the hope is that you put in the time early to teach it certain lessons so that it matures a certain, a certain way, right? Your business is Didn't like a child. Didn't someone say that to us? They're yeah, like, and they I, look at I this as a kid and, and the yeah. pe- it was about the staffing thing. It. They're like, if you want to, you know, the people working on your business, the, the, their business is like their baby and they only want like the best surgeons working on their baby. And I'm like, oh, that's actually a good way to look yeah, at the people yeah, yeah. working in your business. That's the goal, right? So look, last over the last two years, we've done this thing called the Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit. We, bo- we I think the first year we weren't going to do it again, but then a whole bunch of people said, you know, hey, please, can you do this again? This year, Nick and I were like, we have just given everything. We are not doing this thing again. It's a two-day thing we do in June. Um, but on the second day, we had these two guys that we really like a lot come up to us during the lunch, and they run a business in Burlington. And they said, hey, guys, like, you know, we know you're already planning to do next year. And we were like, no, we're not planning to do next year. This is it. This was like last year was uh, the one t- one and done, and we just agreed to do it a second time. Um, we didn't think we were going to do it more than even the first time. But now we did decide. They basically said that they were taking a lot of value from it. That gave us a lot of energy, and we thought, okay, we're going to do it again. Um, so we're doing a Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit where we break down basically all the different things that we've been talking about here kind of in detail, like systems for generating customers, how you use social media, the difference between branding and direct response marketing and basically hiring processes, the strategy, the vision to Nick's point about how I like to talk about vision, how we think about vision and how to incorporate a higher concept in your business that actually can really benefit the business around the vision. And then all that in 
this how to actually get the stuff done after someone like tom comes up with the vision i'll figure out how to get it done <laughs> and that that part's yeah. important too yeah the, the actual <laughs> operations and the uh, of the business um so all the different things that we've learned over the last 10 years um for those of you who don't know we kind of um have been on is it the profit or growth 500 these days is one yeah, of the was the profit 500 they changed it to the growth, growth 500. 500 four years now yeah and the only reason we're sharing that is just that um we are speaking kind of from experience and we're sharing stuff that we wish someone around the Toronto area had shared because when we were starting out, we were flying all over North America to get America to get little tidbits of information. And we hadn't seen something that was specifically around some of the actual strategies that people are using. And this year we're bringing in some pretty cool guests to share their stories as well. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I guess where it was really born was that, you know, I work, I equate, any type of coaching back to the gym just because I'm a gym rat from going forever. And, I, you know, I just, I used to always see people hiring these trainers. First, I would see the sign up saying, hey, you want to be a trainer? Come to this two-day, you know, course on, in the gym on, you know, Oh, Saturday, really? Sunday. I've never seen that. Yeah. It was like, you go to this two-day course and then- I've never were, seen that because I probably didn't go to ever a gym, <laughs> but they had that. And then they were trainers. And I would see the people now that were trainers. And I'm like, man, these people really don't know anything. Kind of like just, how you become a real estate agent. That's hired, the same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like, you know, they're just kind of like hiring these coaches that are like, some of them are really out of shape and they weren't, didn't really know what they were even teaching, like the, the way to do the exercises. I'm like, man, that is like, that person should not be teaching this person in, in, into the business because they've never really done it themselves. And I think the logic behind here is like, you know, the, anything we're sharing is we're kind of pulling back the curtain on anything that we've done that has helped us and currently doing yeah uh, yeah exactly and currently doing that 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 that's important as well right so it's not stuff that we've done 10 years ago and we'll also share our experiences with the stuff that hasn't worked with us too but that could work and here's how we've seen it work those elsewhere would have been want. all of nick's decisions right <laughs> yeah most of them they were good ideas at the time though um but anyways so th that's where it's coming from it's like first-hand information for people you know really that have kind of starting up in a business all the way up to probably about eight figures um, you know, if you're, if there's someone's beyond that with business, then they, they, we'd probably be looking maybe from, you know, we could learn more from them than they can learn from us, but anything up to about that, that eight figure mark in revenue and gross revenue, we've been through a lot over the years with growing our team, growing the business, implementing the systems, all that, all that type yeah, of stuff. Cause the systems are like from zero to a million dollars in revenues. The systems are very different than what you need to go from like 1 million to eight figures. Right. So oh, totally. It's yeah. And, two, yeah. And that's how more. we would break this out. Like we're trying to cover both those areas, like how you get off the ground. Yeah. And then which, how you which grow. Really Once you like, hit a million, how you grow from there. Yeah. Which, and I think it was even different. Like we broke it, I think it's like zero to like 500,000. Yeah. And we then 500,000 to like a million, then one to We even 2. broke 5. it down zero to like your first 100,000, then 250, then 500. Yeah. And that's one of the things we cover is like all the stages of business and what's necessary in those stages. So there's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different stuff that, that we'll go through. And then, yeah, last year was really going to be the last year. And then w those guys, and then we stood up in front and we told everyone, like, hey, look, guys, we really weren't looking at doing this again. And I guess a number of people asked us to, to the point where I think we had like 30% of the room sign up with no date and no content. I think it was any. more, I think it was actually 50% last year. Was it? Yeah. With no date for next year and no plans or anything. So we're like, so Oh, now we're forced to do it. Yeah. So anyway, it's going to be in June. All the details are going to be at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. 
So if you go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit, you can see the dates in June. I think they're June 13th and 14th, but don't hold me to that. Um, they're there with an outline of some of the content we've covered in the past to give you an idea of what we put into these events. So rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. The early bird pricing for this thing is on until the end of this year. We're going to be raising the prices on this thing going into next year. So we have a promotion going on this till the end of this year. So if you're interested in kind of coming out, hanging out with us over two days and learning about business and, and going through that whole thing, this would be the place we wish something like this. Basically, we're, we're building something that we wish existed when we were starting out. That's where this is coming from. Yeah, we think it would have been a shortcut for us and we're hoping that you know people can if, if we can share any of our the things that we've learned that act as a shortcut for someone else that's really the goal and what we focus on here so we'll leave it at that rockstarnercircle.com forward slash summit nick's got to go make sure our house doesn't burn down so we need to wrap it up that's it everyone thanks Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza. So hopefully you enjoyed that chat about stuff that we had uh, really no idea about. Some stuff we did in business accidentally well, some things we messed up on and wish we had learned more or, or, or faster sooner. Um, so if you want to check out the Rockstar Entrepreneur Summit, the URL for that is rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. So that's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash summit. We're running the early bird pricing until the end of this year. So check it out now if it's something you're thinking about. I think that's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms. <laughs>